Hey, podcast listeners, it's Mike Doherty. One more bonus interview this week. Senator Patrick Leahy is on his way to Washington to attend a memorial service for Senator John McCain, who passed away last weekend. Leahy and McCain served in the Senate together for about three decades. They were close friends and colleagues, even though they often didn't agree. I sat down with Leahy in his Montpelier office this week to talk about their relationship. Here's our conversation. I would love to start by talking about the statement that you put out after Senator McCain's death. You said that the Senate sometimes will rise to the occasion to become the nation's conscience. And I wanted to know, how do you believe Senator McCain embodied that? Well, I think that uh, in so many issues, some I disagreed with, some I agreed. He did not listen to the uh, lobbyists or party leaders. He made up his own mind. We worked together to cut way back on the B-2 bomber. We had parts of our being built in Vermont, and I had lobbyists coming for me. I, I thought it was a total waste of money, and we, we worked together. We, we got a bipartisan vote in the Senate. It wasn't enough to cut it back, but it was enough to send the message to the president, who then cut it back. Vietnam, we used the Leahy War Victims Fund throughout Vietnam, been there in, in Da Nang for the eradication of Agent Orange and all. But because I had John McCain and John Kerry's support, I could go to various presidents, Republicans and Democrats alike, and say, we should do this. And look at John McCain, who nearly died there. And he wants to reopen relations with with Vietnam. No matter how many of us, myself, anybody else who have worked on that, we got the credibility to do it. Because here's a man who nearly died in Vietnam, who should be so bitter toward the Vietnamese, and said, enough. And, interestingly enough, every time we had issues of torture, he was adamantly against torture. He joined with all of us who tried to cut out torture after Abu Ghraib and things like that, and had some senators who thought torture might help us, and presidents who thought it might help us, and he he pointed out it doesn't help at all. All that happened with our torture in Iraq and Afghanistan, it became a recruiting tool for ISIS. Americans died because of it. They weren't saved because of it, but John could make that point. You said that on some things you agreed with him, on some things you disagreed with him. But throughout that, you you had this kind of personal relationship with him. How do you balance those two things? How would you talk about issues? Well, there's only 100 U.S. senators. I've served with about 300 throughout my years. I think things get done best when you work together. I have probably passed more bipartisan legislation just by any senator. I, I try to get both Republicans and Democrats to join me. That's why I've been successful. We just did an appropriation. I do that with John. But if John disagrees with you, we sometimes have towering arguments on the floor. And we're pounding the table and all that. Two minutes later, we'd be in the back room, arms around each other, telling jokes, laughing our heads off, knowing that, okay, we disagreed on this one. But next week, there's that one. And, and we'll come back together. And that's the way it was when I first came here. One of the best examples of that was... He and Ted Kennedy. Now, both of them, I tell you, you don't need a microphone. I mean, you hear this roar. People start coming in. Either he'd walk over to Ted's side or Ted would walk over to his. They have their arms around each other. They'd be walking out. 
laughing their heads off. People say, what, what was the joke? You don't want to know. But John, and I sort of agree with this, if we can get back to that, instead of things having to be all Democrats or all Republicans, the country's better off. You said you've worked with about 300 different senators. What was it about McCain that led you into more of a personal relationship with him? What sets him apart? Well, we hit it off. We, I knew him before he was in the House. We traveled together a number of different places, usually war zones and things like that. There was one thing. It's a personal thing, but I know John wouldn't mind telling it. He had serious melanoma on his left side of his face. That could have killed him. You can see where the, uh, a great deal of reconstruction surgery was done on his face. My wife, Marcel, had the exact same melanoma in the exact same spot on the same side of her face. She went through so many surgeries at Johns Hopkins. John would stop me every single day. How is she doing? And then when she came back, and first a huge scar, 35 stitches, something like that, he would see her at the Capitol. He'd walk up, and he'd just take his hand, and he'd just rub the side of her face. She'd do the same on the side of his face. They'd hug each other and walk off. He didn't have to say a word. I mean, that meant more. It's hard to explain it, but it's typical of John. I mean, a lot of people would say the right things, and that's fine, and we appreciate that. But coming up and just touching her cheek, she doing the same to him. You could talk for 10 hours, and it would not carry the weight that did. You talked about knowing him before he was in the house. Do you remember some of your first meetings with John? Yeah, I, one of the first meetings, it was interesting. He was with um, the then editor of the U.S. News and World Report, who had graduated from Burlington High School. We were at dinner, and he, he said, look, I, you got to meet this guy. I said, oh, I said, uh, Commander, I, uh, you know, I've read about you. He said, John, John, please. <laughs> and uh, we hit it off. How did your relationship evolve since then? Well, we, you know, we've known each other well enough that we would almost talk in uh, shorthand. Hey, John, you know, that, and I can't, I know what you're going to ask me. I can't support that, but what about this? I said, okay, if I make a, yes, we can go along with that. Everybody said, what the heck are they talking about? And we'd work out an agreement. I imagine that some of these disagreements were rooted in you and McCain really believing in different things being the right thing to do in that situation. Were there ever times that a compromise just wasn't enough for you? Well, there'd be some things where he knew it may be a, a nomination or something that may be a lot different. And we didn't even try to work that out. It wasn't worth it because we, we saved it for important things. Uh, I'm the only Vermonter in Congress who ever voted against the war in Vietnam. It's always been a strong support. It's hard to believe that now. Uh, the state's largest newspapers were blasting me because I was opposed to the war in April of 1975 by a one-vote margin in the Armed Services Committee. We cut off the war. I was the newest, youngest member, and I voted to cut it off. John sort of forgave me on that. At first, he didn't forgive John Kerry, who served there and then demonstrated against the war, but they became fast friends, which is what he was like. He came up to me one time on the floor. He said, look, 
And he, you know, he has a hot temper. I really got to apologize for losing my temper like that. I'm sorry, you're such a dear friend. I said, John, you've gone through more than any member I've ever served with. You never have to apologize, ever. And we talked about that the last time we were together. I mean, we just went in a room to be alone, threw everybody out just to say goodbye. You know, were we ideological soulmates? Of course not. Were we senators who could work together and cared about each other? Yes. Can you tell me more about that last conversation you had with him? It was a little bit emotional. We talked about our friendship. He was going back home. They weren't announcing this for good, but we, we both knew he'd never be back. And we talked about the friendship. We talked about the value it was to both of us. He could tell I was getting a little bit emotional. So was my Italian half. But uh, he said, you know, Pat, I should have died when that plane crashed. I should have died in the prison in Hanoi. I've gone through all these other things. The melanoma could have killed me. He said, I'm 80 years old. I've accomplished so much more than I ever, ever thought I could. He said, we all die sometime. He said, I'm happy with my life. And I value our friendship. And uh, we embraced each other. It, uh, it wasn't easy. Thanks for your time. Thank you.